There's something about listening to the hymns that help us remember what Christmas is really about. I had uh, I was looking uh, something up about a song that you I know that you're familiar with. It's called "Hark the Herald Angels Sing." How many of you ever sang that as growing up as a kid? Well, that song was composed in 1739, before Hallmark uh, came on scene. And uh, it was written by Charles Wesley and, of course, his brother John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism and then what became the, uh, the Methodist Church. And then uh, George Whitfield, uh, he made some slight changes with it, but, but Charles Wesley wrote over 6,500 hymns. Most of the songs that, that we're familiar with, if you grew up, as I did in the church with a hymn book, a lot of those, not all of them, but many of those songs that, that are, are well-known um, hymns to, to, the, to all of us was written, many of them was written by Charles. Uh, John wrote several hundred himself. And um, Charles Wesley believed that anything that was put to music ought to, ought to have theology and what we call doxology involved with it. In other words, it ought to be doctrinal. It, it shouldn't be something that's just catchy, something that you know, gets, gets us um, stirred up in our emotions but into our heart. And so um, I'll just take just a moment to tell you what Hark the Herod Angels Sing uh, meant to uh, Charles Wesley, and we won't turn to any of the scriptures, but this is, this is how he wrote this. This is how he heard it and wrote it. It said, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Luke 2.13. Glory to the newborn king, Matthew 2.2. 2. This is his notes. Peace on earth and mercy mild, Luke 2.14. God and sinners reconciled, 2 Corinthians 5.19. Joyful all you nations rise, Psalms 117.1. Join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem, Mike, Micah 5.2. Christ by highest heaven adored, Luke 19.38. Christ the everlasting Lord, 2 Peter 1.11. Late in time, behold, he come, Galatians 4.4, offspring of the virgin's womb, Isaiah 7.14. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, Hebrews 1.3, hail thy incarnate deity, Philippians 2.7. Pleased as man with men to dwell, John 1.14, Jesus our Emmanuel. Isaiah 7:14. That's not all of it, because it had it had more, many more stanzas to it, and so there's at least uh, 30 more scriptures. So he he composed this uh, this song that we know so well that we still sing today. Hark the herald angels sing, uh, from what he heard in his heart. And he, and before I think it went to actual to a, to music before someone put it to music, he put it to scripture which I think is really awesome that he did that. And um, this morning, before we, uh, before we begin, we're going to talk about Jesus of Christ because he is the indescribable, unspeakable gift. <clears throat> I used to, uh, before ministry many years ago, uh, they told you how old I'm going to be. I don't know how that happens so fast. I mean, I just got my diploma at CCHS the other day, walked off the stage and and uh, turn around and I don't know what happened, but it, it goes by fast. So whatever you're going to do, do it quickly. <laughs> but uh, uh, Jesus is the undescribable gift, unspeakable gift. And, and when I got out of high school, I had several odd jobs, but I ended up in the retail sector. 
and then I ended up in management and, and retails and uh, was assistant manager of a, of a one store, of, I think it was uh, yeah, Fred's store, then became a manager later on Family Dollar Store when I was 21 years old. And so uh, <clears throat> I had about 20 employees and I was 21 years of age. They thought I was around 30 years old <clears throat> when I came in. And uh, he said, well, how do you have so much experience? I said, well, my experience really wasn't in retail. My, my experience was at, my, it was at home <clears throat> where my mother taught me the, you know, how, how to work and work ethic. And so um, we, uh, we noticed that after every big sale, especially after Christmas, everyone in retail really dislikes the day after Christmas. That's when people come in and make exchanges. That's when they want to come get their money back, or this didn't work, or that tore up. You know, just they have all these gifts. We didn't have a whole lot of gifts when we grew up. Uh, we weren't poor, but we were, we were uh, lower, probably lower middle class. So I just didn't know it. And sometimes, uh, I jokingly say, you know, sometimes we didn't get any gifts. Well, what we got was batteries, and it said, we opened up, it says, Merry Christmas, and here's your batteries, torn out included. <laughs> That's just a bad joke, I guess. But anyway, Jesus says the unspeakable gift. And I want to begin this morning where it actually started in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter 3. And uh, we're going to move kind of quickly for sake of time this morning. And if I forget to tell you, next week, of course, we're going to have church. It'll be the day after Christmas. That's always challenging for, for people because you've had a long week and we understand that. So our, our service will, you know, will, will, will get in, do what everything needs to be done, but we'll do it in a quicker order, closer to around an hour's time. So uh, we hope that you can be with us next Sunday. Uh, and uh, uh, Genesis chapter 3. And for sake of time, won't read the whole story. How many of y'all knew what happened in the Garden of Eden when when the 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 serpent entered in and started talking to Adam and Eve, talking to Eve first? And uh, we know that uh, it says that Eve was deceived. And uh, Genesis three thirteen said, "Then the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that you have done?' And the woman said, "The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat." And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle and above all the beasts of the field. Upon the belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and thy woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. This is actually the first messianic prophecy that was ever given that we know in biblical times where God gave a, 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 a prophecy of things to come. He, in other words, prophecy would foretell. Well, you know, I don't know if this, what, what day of the week this happened on, if it was a Monday or if it was a Thursday. And how many of the prophecy didn't come, come to pass in, in, you know, a week or so? Actually, it was many, many years. Uh, decades and hundreds of years passed, but God never forgets the promise that he makes. And God will never forget the promise that he makes to you. Isn't that good? Amen. You know, people can forget promises. You know, and, uh, and sometimes people forget uh, that they said, you can count on me. Well, Jesus is the person that you can always count on. He said, you know, I'll, I'll stay with you and I'll stick with you closer than a, than a relative or 
closer than a brother. And so time did pass by, and, and, uh, and we find that, that God did keep his word, and we, we find it over in Galatians chapter 4, where God kept his word of what he spoke to Adam and Eve. We know that when they partook of the fruit, fruit they, they died spiritually. They were separated from God. You know, sometimes we just think about God was angry, God was mad. But God had a plan from day one. He knew what would happen. And not only did God, you know, not only did he fix it, not only did he fix the fall of mankind, but he took responsibility for man. He took responsibility as if he himself had done it. And so God's plan was this son that he spoke of. He says, this woman's seed in time to come, this woman's seed will come and what you have done here. In other words, God lost the whole world at that moment. And Satan became, according to 2 Corinthians 4, at that moment, because of Adam's transgression and Eve's transgressions, Satan became the God of this world. Now presently, I know you know this, I'm assuming you know this, presently Satan is the God of this world. Sometimes you still say that, people says, what? God's in charge. Well, if God's in charge, he's got this world in a mess. How many hope that God's not running heaven like, like, like earth is running? Huh? I mean, you could, you could just see a little test run of how, how uh, supposedly the greatest uh, power on earth, the United States, could, could handle a pandemic. And uh, all the things that went on with that. Well, that, that was and still is a mess. God's not running this world. Now, the Bible says the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, and he gave it to us. And we're just like Jesus in the sense that we're in this world, but we're not of it. Philippians said, actually, you're not even from here. You say, well, of course I was born in whatever. Well, maybe he's born in this state or another state, and you probably have, should have a birth certificate, and it'll have your parents' names such as that. That's the natural side. But before you was here, you was there. And that's why the scripture said, when Paul said he, he, he didn't say he died, he said he departed. When a believer leaves this earth, they don't really die, they depart. We use the word die, and it is a physical death. But there's, how many know that there's no such thing as anyone in, in the earth that's ever been in the earth who's, who, who has died, who is dead? Everybody's alive somewhere. Amen. And if they're in heaven, how many know they're in better shape than you are? Now, I got parents, two parents in heaven. They're younger than me. I just don't seem right. <laughs> and they don't ever have any aches or no boo-boos, as, as the small kids had it. Uh, Ella likes to come to the house, and she likes lotion all the time. So she says, more, that, 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 that. She, you know, she wants to put, put a shot in this hand, put a shot in that hand. Then you got to pull up your pants, legs, or your sleeve, or do something because she's going to rub you down. <laughs> she came here yesterday and she's rubbing on this leg, and that's like, I mean, this is like I was as greasy as a pig at the county fair, you know. They were trying to, with a kid. I, I just couldn't take the more lotion. So I kept on, I was trying to work up my pants, leg, and she, the knee, and she, she put a little on the knee, and then she said, boo boo. I says, okay. And she kissed it. And I said, oh, you're so sweet. <clears throat> and then she went and worked on somebody else. 
Well, thank God in heaven we won't have no boo-boos. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? How many of y'all going? Yeah. Amen. How about the rest of y'all? How about those in the overflow room and, and the balcony up there? You ought to go to heaven. I always, I hate to say it like this, but if you go to hell, you're just stupid. Don't, don't go to hell. It wasn't made for man, it was made for devils. And we're not devils. Well, so in Galatians chapter 4, in verse 4, he says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. So God's making good on his words, see, out of Genesis chapter 3. In other words, God picked the time. And said, so when that time came, or that proper time, the Amplified says, would have fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, fully subject to the regulations of the law. Now, why did God have to do it then? Well, because Adam broke God's word. He broke God's law. And mankind, all mankind, was subject to the transgression of Adam. You say, well, that's not fair. Now, it doesn't seem fair that Adam, Adam was kind of like you might call it the, the figurehead of all humans, all people that would be born into the earth. He was, he was the father of all of us. And because if he died and he died spiritually, we come into this earth spiritually dead, right? That's why we have to be what? Born again. Born again. And when you've received Jesus Christ again into your heart, you have been what? Born anew, born again. Then the Bible says, now walk in the newness of that life. So there's a new you that's here. It may have happened this year or 20 years ago or a long time ago or when you was just a, just a kid. But you become a, a born-again new being. You became a Christ. The word Christ means what? means anointed. Well, you have to talk about a person. So the word Christ means the anointed and his anointing. So really, Christmas is two words. It's Christ, which is Jesus. And then there's mass, which mass means the anointed celebration. So what we're having here this morning is we're having a Christ anointed mass celebration. Amen. Amen. Well, we had to, Jesus had to come and he had to strip himself of all deity. We know that in Philippians chapter 2. He's God. But he came to the earth not as God, but he came as man. Can't redeem mankind unless you are a man. You can't redeem mankind unless you're born of a woman. You had to be born of a woman. But you couldn't redeem mankind if you were born of a man of this earth because every man's doomed. So he was conceived. How? Jesus conceived. When the Holy Ghost showed up to, to Mary and said, Hail Mary, that thou art favored among all women. Well, this, this girl was about 13, 14 years old. We don't have any, any history of, any, uh, of her life before then. She, she, she could have been of thousands of people who lived in the earth uh, that we would never have known that their life ever existed. Some say, who keep up with it, I don't know if it's accurate, they say from the beginning of time till now, there's been about 15 to 20 billion people on the earth. Out of that number, very few people that we ever come to know that they were ever here. But you know, Mary had an appointment. And God chose Mary because she could agree with him. Think about a 14-year-old angel showing up. Probably kind of scared her a little bit. 
and told her she was going to have a son. She says, but how can this be? You know, I know not a man. In other words, she had a friend, Joseph, and apparently they were planning to get married. But this was kind of a little kink in the plan. And he said, the, the mighty Holy Ghost, the mighty Holy Spirit will overshadow you. And you will conceive in your womb from heaven above. Now we think of that, and that's, that, that's pretty amazing. That, that's spectacular. Sometimes we think that only happened to Jesus. Well, we're, we are not like that of immaculate conception, but when you were born again, the same thing happened to you. We think we just said a few words and we went to the altar and we cried a little bit and we, we responded to whatever was preached and how we, how we needed Jesus and they played just as I am. When I went and I walked up the aisle squalling and of course I did that like every other Sunday back and forth because if I ever missed it, they told me I lost my salvation. I, I wore out my rededicator. I wasn't sure you could get another one. <laughs> it wasn't taught properly. No, if, you're, if you've been saved, you're saved. Amen. Your name's written in, in, in the book of heaven, in the book of life. And he won't blot it out unless you ask him to. But who'd want to do that? Amen. Did you know actually that when you were, that when you were in the, brought into the world that your name was already put in the Lamb's book of life? You have, to, you, have to, you have to say, I don't want Jesus for him to take it out. Why? God's a faith God. He thought, man, when they hear this, he said, I know they're going to want in on this. You have to hear this and say, I don't want it. And they'll take your name out. How many in the book? Your name's written in red with the blood of Jesus Christ. Well, then you're the righteous ones. You're the holy ones. You're the set apart ones. You're the more than conquer ones. Because of this indescribable, unspeakable gift of Jesus Christ. Because God wanted a family. We get together this week with family. We enjoy family time. Sometimes we don't enjoy it so much, but, but depending on the situation. But God's desire was he wanted a family. And he wasn't going to let what happened in the Garden of Eden stop anything. So he made good on his word. He, he sent Jesus, born of a woman. But, as, but the Father was God himself. God himself. So here we are, people of God. In John chapter 1, it says he was the light of the world. And in him was life. And he said, in that life you put in men. He said he sent John to be a witness of that which was to come. He said, but John's not the light. But he was the one to bear witness of the light. Then it said in, in the book of John, also in the first chapter, it says, But to many as received him, he gave them the power to become the sons of God. He said he came to his own people, but he said, but they rejected him. They rejected this gift. He says, but to many as received him, he gave them the power, the ability to become sons of God. Sons of God. Amen. I, I, I know, I mean... I preach Christmas every week. It doesn't really matter. I mean, it's, it's just, we just turn the calendar, you know, but it's, it's what we do all the time. That's who we are, born again. We're, we're sons of God. You're not servants of God. God didn't want a family of servants. When you get married or if you're married and, if you, and when you have children, 
you didn't have children for, in the sense that you, you said, we're going to have some servants. No. <laughs> now, some of your kids one t- sometimes think that you treat them that way. One of my kids, and I won't tell you which one, informed me one day when she was about 13, 14 years old, when she was told to unload the dishwasher and put things up in the cabinet where they belong. She, she said, this ain't right. I said, what's not right? She says, this is y'all's job. She said, y'all making me work in this house. She said, like some kind of slave. Having me clean my room and make my bed and unload this dishwasher. And I said, well, if that's what we're going to do. And I said, said, so you're thinking you're a servant here. She said, I know I am. She said, this is your job. And I'm thinking... It's just good that you're not talking to my mother. <laughs> so I, I, I took this, this daughter, not Christian, but anyway, I, I took her. In, I took this daughter and, and, and I gave her an understanding how things worked between you know families. Well, you didn't have children, did you, to to have slaves or servants? You you wanted a family. So, I want I want you to understand this that. And I know you do, but I want you to think about it. You're, you're not servants of God. God didn't want servants. You're sons and daughters. That's your status. And as sons and daughters, we serve. But we serve from the status of family. Isn't that good? So <clears throat> we're born of God, sons and daughters of God. And, and you've been given authority over Satan. True? How many believe that? You've been given authority over Satan. So over that, because of that, Satan is underneath your feet. Huh? That makes you the devil's master because you're sons of God. So you have to be a son of God to be the devil's master. God wants mastery in the earth. That's what Genesis chapter 1, he said, I'll, I'll give you dominion over the fish and the sea and all the cattle and everything in the earth. He said, i give you dominion. Then he told Noah to do the same thing after, the, after that it started over. He says, multiply, grow, take dominion over everything. Well, to, to have dominion, you have, to, you have to live in this kind of a Christ authority. Hmm? Jesus had to be born like anyone else. He was a baby. But today... We remember his birth, but what we celebrate is not just his birth. We celebrate it wasn't a baby who went to the cross. And it wasn't a baby that took off the cross and put it in the tomb. It wasn't a baby that went and paid the eternal punishment of hell. And it wasn't a baby who rose from the dead. It wasn't a baby who defeated the devil. It was the man, Christ Jesus. You understand that? Timothy said there's one, one person between God and and the devil. And that's Jesus Christ, the mediator. And the scripture calls Jesus the man Christ Jesus. In other words, in heaven, Jesus will always be known as man because he left himself to be a deity, to be born a human as a man. So he had to do that to redeem you. He he had to become you to redeem you. Now you talk about a change for him to, to be deity, to be, to be God, to be born a human in a, in a manger, in a, in a stable. 
with such uh, humble surroundings, with, with cattle and such as this. And here we are in the finished work, like Pastor Matt was saying, in the finished work of Jesus, where Jesus went so low, Philippians said, he, 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 did, he would not exalt himself, but he, he stripped himself. He laid the deity aside. He put all that aside and became one of us. And because he did it, the Bible says God raised him up. Because he was willing to go so low, God brought him to the highest level. That when you say the name of Jesus, and we don't, get, we don't hear this in church a whole lot. A lot of our modern songs and contemporary songs, and we play a lot of contemporary songs, but a lot of them, you don't, you don't hear Jesus anymore. You hear, you know, you, and a lot of them can be emotional songs. You don't even realize it's just kind of a getting away from, from what the, the, the true gospel. We, we need songs that we sing about Jesus. Huh? We need songs that we sing about the blood. It took blood to redeem you. <laughs> right? I said, and th this thing's been going on for about uh, the last 25, 30 years. There's the, for those who pulled the songs and those who put hymnals together, they're saying, you know, the, the blood is just too, uh, we need to modernize things. It's just, it's just too gory to have, you know, young people singing about blood. Well, I can see some enemies working there. I can see the devil work there, can't you? No, it, it, it was the, the blood of Jesus that redeemed us. It was the blood of Jesus we had to have, to, the Bible says, to make peace between you and God. Here's the good news. We're at peace now. We're at peace because we've been reconciled to God. We've been restored to our right relationship with God. If you're born again, you're righteous. And if you're righteous, you're right. You've been made right. <laughs> hey, listen, y'all. Everything's all right now because you're right. Amen. Jesus made you right. It's all right. It's all right. Because you've been made right by the one who is right. Does, does that sound like a slave status or an employee status? No, 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 no. No, we're heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. In other words, he said, I want you to rule with me and reign with me. Jesus said himself, he said, he said, a servant doesn't know what his master's doing. He said, I don't call you servant, I call you my friend. And that's, it, but it got better because Jesus hadn't died yet when he's calling them friends. You and I just aren't friends no more. That, that was their status, friends. We're not friends, we're sons. Amen. A friend may get in on the deal, may not get in on the deal, but son, daughter, they get in on the deal. Hmm? We're not just the adopted children of God, we're, we're the blood children of God, the blood bought children of God. Amen. Amen. This is what Christmas is about. Amen. Huh? You can put up the tree, the lights, and we all do that. That's fun. That, that's all. But don't lose sight of what's really going on here. Amen. Don't lose sight. That's what the world's been doing for years. It was here before we got here. You got some Easter bunny running around, you know, with eggs and jelly beans and all kind of whatever, you know, to, to take the place of, of the resurrection of the tomb. Ain't no Easter bunny <laughs> go to hell for you, pay no price for you. The bunny. <laughs> and then Santa Claus. How many know you've been redeemed from the law? All oh, the law. Well, why do you want to celebrate Satan? Because, uh, I mean, well, 
could be the same thing. Santa, I meant, I meant to say Santa. S Santa would be a type and shadow of being under the law, wouldn't he? You ever thought about that? You say, well, it's just make-believe. It's just fun for the kids. Well, that's for you to decide, but, 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 but Santa himself would be a type and shadow of the, of the old covenant. In other words, did you hear what Pastor Matt was reading this morning? about what Jesus did for us in the finished work and nailed it to his cross and, and, and canceled the book and th threw the book away. And, not even, and he's not even keeping score anymore. I wish that someone told me that years ago when I was going to church that he wasn't keeping score anymore. I thought he was keeping score a whole lot. And so Santa, how does the song go? He, he can, uh, he's making a list. He checks it when? That sounds just like the church I grew up in. <laughs> He's going to find out what? If you've been naughty or nice. Now, what's supposed to happen if you've been naughty? Ain't nothing happening, buddy. You ain't, don't be looking for no, no toy train, no baby doll that cries and wets and all that kind of stuff, no kitchen set, because you've been naughty. I shouldn't have done it years ago. I was in the mall. And I wish I could sing, but I said, I said, he can't see you when you're sleeping. He don't know when you're awake. He don't know if you've been bad or good. He don't exist for goodness sake. And the mother looked and was like, why would you do that? I said, well, I just thought I'd sing some truth. <laughs> he don't exist for goodness sake. Well, Santa would put you under the law. Huh? He would be like the Grinch who stole your Christmas if you were bad. Jesus knew we'd already been bad. Romans 3 said, all men fell short of the glory of God. It said, we were by nature the children of wrath, but God. But, 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 we were the children of wrath, but God, who's rich in mercy. He's what? He's rich in what? Mercy. He said, to satisfy the intense love that he had for you. God was intense about his love for you. He's passionate. He has this white heated love. The, the white, if you was a welder, you know the difference between welding. White is supposed to be the, the hottest type of heat that you can produce when you're, you know, when you're, when you're welding. So, so, this, so it, it, was a, it was a white heated love. He's passionate about you. It says we love him because he loved you first. Why? Because it was his purpose to take responsibility for the fall. So that's what he did. So, uh, Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 says, For unto us a child is born, and to us a, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and the name he should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, and, the, uh, and of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. We was talking about, let me back up a little bit, we was talking about the difference between like, you know, the, the Santa Claus Syndrome. Or being under the law. In other words, if you do good, you get good. If you do bad, you're going to get bad. And you might have heard this story. It, said it, was a, it was about a small boy, and he was writing a letter to God about the Christmas presents he badly wanted. And he said, I've been good for six months now. He thought about it, and he wrote, he said, well, he said, uh, he crossed out six months. He said, well, I've, I've been good for three months. <laughs> well, then he, he paused and he crossed that out and he says, well, I've been good for two weeks. 
Then there was another pause, and Johnny crossed that out, and he realized he ain't been good at all. He thought, what am I going to do? Said he got up from the table, and he looked over, and, and there was a nativity scene there in his, in his living room in his house. And it had the figurines of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus. And he said he picked up the figure of Mary and wrapped it up in the cloth and put it in his drawer. Then he prayed and he said, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother again, you better bring me that, you know, all these toys you want. <laughs> he kidnapped and adopted uh, uh, Mary himself. said, if you ever want to see your mom again, <laughs> you better get that fire truck for me. <laughs> Thank God. He already got your fire truck for you. <laughs> Jesus was called the Prince of Peace. In Luke 2, 10, 14, it says, The angel said unto him, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be unto all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you that you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was an angel uh, a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth peace and goodwill, God's favor, kindly intent and benevolence towards men. Now some translations uses not the word towards men, it uses the words among men, which is, uh, I believe is very much incorrect. What he did did not bring peace among men but towards men. What was he doing? Everything that was lost in the garden through Jesus has now been reconciled. The payment has fully been met for all of us here this morning. All of you who are joining us by Facebook, we welcome you. Merry Christmas. But when you receive this indescribable gift, that which was against you has been satisfied. When Jesus come, he didn't bring peace among men. We don't have that now, do we? Do you think we have peace among men in Washington? When you turn on the news, almost every day of the week, and you hear of violence taking place and murders and incest and all these kind of things, is that peace among people? No. When Jesus come, and actually, he says, when I come, he says, it'd be like a sword. He said, you'll see brother against brother, sister against sister. It wasn't peace among us. It was peace towards God. In other words, what we'd lost in the garden has been regained through Jesus Christ. Amen. And now we have peace. He says, Jesus was the sacrifice lamb, the sacrificial lamb who now made us and gave us peace between God and mankind. Peace among us. That's why we have his peace. Jesus said before he was crucified, he said, my peace I give to you. I, I've ministered this many times, but I, I'm, you, you hear this mostly at funerals. Sometimes during the funeral, sometimes during the graveside. How many ever heard in the funeral in John 14, he says, behold, if I go, I go, I go, you know, to, to prepare a place for you. You ever heard that at a funeral? Well, it's true. He says, and he says, where I go, he said, there'll be many, many subdivisions of mobile homes. Many lean-tos. <laughs> no, he said mansions. Y'all okay with a mansion? Y'all won't be too uppity, will you? Standing on streets of gold. So, 
And so he said, but let not your heart be troubled. Now, who's he talking to? He's talking to his own disciples. And he, and, and he within just a few hours is going to be crucified. And he's telling his disciples, don't let your heart be troubled. Now, think about it for yourself. If you knew that you had Jesus' path ahead of you in a few hours, would you be able to minister to someone else? It's okay. Don't, 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 don't be afraid. If someone was going to come to me with nails and a hammer, I'm screaming. I'm hollering. I'm, I'm calling 911, 119. I'm looking for my Remington shotgun. I'm, I'm throwing a machete at him. I'm, I'm doing something. I'm not telling you, it's okay. We're good. It, it wouldn't be good. I'm glad, be glad that I wasn't the one supposed to redeem y'all. It probably wouldn't have happened. You know, men don't like pain. That's why God never wanted us to have kids. We would never live through it. Even if we had the equipment, we wouldn't live through it. We're just not made tough like women. The women's just being real kind. They're not saying anything, but they know it. You know how it is with men. You know, sometimes we get sick and we got, whether they're on the couch, we don't feel good. We have a remote and we're there like for three days. And a woman can have a head cold and sinuses and all kind of stuff and monthly situations. And she got two kids hanging off her, you know, trying to do the dishes and all kind of stuff. Answer phone call, PTA meeting. And we're like, honey, could you bring me some soup? <laughs> oh, thank God. I was not born a woman. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. <laughs> so we have peace towards us. Amen. Let me finish with this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15, it says, Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Can we do that just a moment this morning? Before we dismiss and we go into our time of fellowship, that we remember that in 2 Corinthians 5, he said, we have become new creatures in Christ. It said that it was God who was making peace between the world and himself. He was no longer holding your misdeeds and sins against you, and he has committed unto you the message that God is reconciled, and he's at peace with mankind. That's what you preach to others. That's called the ministry of reconciliation, that God is not mad. There's the news. You, we are not serving an angry God. The good news is God is in a good mood today. <laughs> and he, will, he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. And so he is making a request of, uh, through all of us to tell them, implore them on Christ's behalf, to be reconciled to God, to come to Jesus and receive this unspeakable gift. For him who knew no sin, Jesus, he became sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be unto God for this unspeakable gift. Jesus is the unspeakable gift or the gift that words cannot describe. The question is, what will we do with that gift? So, Father, we just bless you this morning. We thank you, Father God. You're so good. We thank you for, that you're our Heavenly Father. Yes, you're God. You are God. You're, you're Almighty. But also, you are our very own Father. And the Spirit on the inside of us, the confirmation to that is the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us, who dwells within us, that, help, that helps us to understand and know that he has become Abba Father, Daddy, Daddy. And so, Father, we thank you for your son Jesus who was willing to lay his life down 
on our behalf, who paid the price on our behalf, who came into this world and stripped himself of all deity and became us. And he became the incarnate man of this world. Incarnate simply meaning God invested himself into a flesh being. He became and he walked among us. He has given us this unspeakable gift. And as the angels began to sing and say, glory be to God in the highest peace among us. Peace to, between us and God. Father, we receive that gift this morning. Even though we have, we just once again, just in our recollection, just in our remembrance, to help us to remember this morning that the gift from heaven is Jesus himself. And we have that gift inside of our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. If you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, for those of you here, and for those that we are speaking to, um, through Facebook or any other uh, way that we, we reach out. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I ask you, I implore you, now's the time. Today is the day of salvation. Don't, don't put that off. Don't put that off. This is the, the biggest, the most important decision that you make for your life. You are, you are an eternal being. You will spend eternity somewhere. And I ask you this morning, if you've never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's speaking to you right now. He's, he's tugging on your heart, as it were. And I ask you just simply to say, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior. For, forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, make my life new. I commit my life to you. I dedicate my life. Take my life and do what you will, but come into my life, into my heart. And be my Lord and my Savior. If that's you this morning, if you're here, or if you're watching this morning, and you said that prayer, the Bible says that if one, when one person in the world received Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior, it says there's a shout that goes all across heaven. All across heaven. The heavenly hosts shout with a great shout. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and you'll be there in eternity with Him. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you.